With a longer than expected injury report, are the Pelicans babying guys like Zion Williamson? Plus, we also have an update on Brandon Ingram. And is it time for the return of point Zion? Plus, where do the Pelicans rank on best run NBA franchises? It's the Friday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are locked on Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on Friday. I might need to change my intro. I don't know if I can say credential member of the media anymore, even though I am a credential member of the media, given some other stuff. Uh, it's Friday. Friday here. I'm excited to be with y'all. The Pelicans have a game tonight in Phoenix, kicking off a three-game road trip. No, no Brandon Ingram for that one, and maybe no Zion Williamson, so we'll get into the injury stuff today. Plus, well, if you're going to be without BI and you do get Zion playing, is it time to go back to point Zion a little bit? And then where do the Pelicans rank on best-run NBA franchises? ESPN Insiders took a vote, and... uh, I'm a little, I got a couple of questions about this, and I'll give you the list coming up in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, completely free, breaking down the Pels like no one else is. Did I say Monday through Friday? No cost to you, completely free, no paywall. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment and comment down below on YouTube. So let's get into the injury talk, which is unfortunate that we're doing this this early in the season. There's almost always a like, is the medical staff good kind of discussion, you know, debate raging on social media and at the the arena. And we're getting this kind of early without Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson and Herb Jones, though the Pelicans still got that win against Dallas on Tuesday night. Now, with a little bit more time off, these guys are still questionable. So let's lead off with Brandon Ingram. This one has nothing to do with the medical staff. This is, he's just not clearing the concussion protocol steps and going through the return to play process. I detailed this in another podcast earlier in the week. If you want, give that one a listen. It'll fill you in on everything you need to know about what he needs to do coming back. This has nothing to do with the team's medical staff. This is just simply... There's a process. You got to clear these steps, given concussions and, you know, the role they can play in athletes' lives. This is good. We just wish B.I. the best. But what about Zion? And to a lesser extent, Herb Jones. You know, Zion had that scary fall. He's got a bruised butt, a contusion, a, post- a right posterior hip contusion, and a lower back injury, too, from that. And I've seen a lot of people say, and I made this joke on Twitter where someone said, like, why is he not playing because of a bruise? And I simply replied, like, because it hurts and he's not ready to go. You know, I don't really know what to say beyond that. But you could also make the claim that this is probably an injury he could maybe play through. And should he be doing that? And given that the Pelicans won, it's kind of like no harm, no foul. But if they had lost that Dallas game, say by a point, you know, and you could have had Zion out there, feels like maybe you would have wanted him to be out there. But I think some of this got set to bed because I've seen a lot of people being like, he should play. And You kind of fall into one of two sides if you're like, he should be playing on this. Either you think it's the Pelicans babying him or he's a crybaby, as a lot of people said. 
I don't think it's really either of those two things. With what Zion had said was, you know, this one hurt. He tried to stay in the game, realized he needed to come out and realized he really couldn't go back in there. And if you saw that fall, which was loud and looked painful, felt painful just watching it, that's easily one of those injuries that once you get out of the game and your back stiffens up, your butt stiffens up a little bit, it's going to start to hurt. The second you're not getting all that blood flowing, keeping the movement going, it's going to stiffen up. You're going to feel pretty bad. So holding him out of Tuesday's game was probably simply because he couldn't play. But let's say he could play. And the Pelicans said, nah, we're not going to do that. As Willie Green you know, said with that game against the Utah Jazz on Sunday, it seemed like Zion wanted to go back into the game and he was not allowed to put him into the game because of the medical staff. Well, it's game three, that Utah Jazz game. Four was the Dallas game. Early on in this season, when you've got, you know, 78 games to go, you're just going to be less risk averse than you will be later on if you're fighting for playoff position. There's still a long way to go in this season, a tremendously long way. And you don't want to do anything that could potentially re-aggravate that injury or worse, lead to another injury. Usually if a guy's playing injured, they're overcompensating for that injured part of their body their left leg's injured, maybe their right leg needs to do more work. That opens your right leg up or whatever part of the body it is to another injury by being overworked. And so I do think it's the right move to hold these guys out right now. They're just a very conservative group when it comes to injuries. If this was like postseason on the line, you got a one game play in tournament situation, Zion probably would have played. I don't really doubt that, and I know that Zion wants to play, but everyone realizes this is about his long-term health for the season, not just one game, you got to go out and you got to win. So the, the medical staff taking this approach, I do think is the right thing. I don't think it's babying guys, unless they're like, it's really no big deal, I want to play, then let him go and play. But this one seriously seemed to have a little bit more to it than what some of us maybe thought it was. And, you know, keep in mind that a contusion is often a bone bruise. That is not simply like you got some discoloration on your skin or something and it hurts when you poke at it. That there's, there's a deeper thing there that causes a lot more discomfort, a lot more injury, and maybe just makes it so that he couldn't go out and play basketball. And being cautious early on in the season makes sense. If this were a one-game play-in tournament situation, I would probably be speaking differently about this, but I just don't really have a strong take on it early on. I do think they also need to keep in mind that Zion wants to play. There was a lot of the frostiness, the friction between him and the organization stemmed from his rookie year and the slow return to play, the slow getting him back out there on the court. We even know that during the Pelicans' postseason run, he wanted to play. He's posting those dunk videos to put some pressure on the organization to be like, play me, when he clearly wasn't ready to go just yet. So when people say he's a crybaby or this isn't a big deal and he should be out there, that's not true about the guy. Like I can tell you that he wants to play basketball. He's definitely rediscovered his love of the game this offseason after sitting out a year and wants to be out there. That's a wrong take if you're thinking, you know, whatever, that he's a crybaby, that he's being a wuss and just doesn't want to be out there. He does. If he can play, he will. I think when you look at these injuries right now, it just kind of is what it is. And if it were a do or die situation, these guys would be out there on the court, not brain injuries, the concussion stuff, but Zion and Herb Jones. And look, with a three-game road trip coming up and no Brandon Ingram for any of that, he's not even traveling with the team right now. So he really won't be playing. Um, the earliest he'll be playing is back at home on November 4th against the Golden State Warriors. So a week from today, I think that game is. Then maybe we'll see him. But without him, they're going to want Zion out there on the court 
you know, that was a great performance against the Dallas Mavericks, but a tough three games coming up, two games coming up. You play the Lakers. That one's not hard. Uh, tough two games coming up definitely means you want to have your best guys out there on the court. And if Zion is out there on the court, is it time to go back a little bit to the point Zion experiment? Let's talk about how he's used offensively. We're not talking jumpers or anything like that. Let's talk about how he's used now and what they can do with him when it comes to Point Zion. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Do you want to take in this game CJ McCollum to have more than 20 points, Zion to have more than four and a half assists? What about Chris Paul to have more than five and a half turnovers? You can do it all in the fastest and easiest daily fantasy sports prize picks. You pick two to five players, and if they go and score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry, and you're not competing against other people. This is the biggest draw about this. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You go play any of those other daily fantasy sports, you're going up against people who do this for a living, professional gamblers. You don't need to do that at Prize Picks. You see the number, you pick more or less than it, and you get to use your sports knowledge to your advantage. They offer the NBA in any sport you can think of, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They also offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, you will get $100. If you deposit, at 50 prize picks will give you 50. Don't forget, enter the promo code locked on and sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, like no one else, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts of the Locked On Network. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. It's really great. If you just want to catch up on the biggest stories in all of sports, that's definitely the way to go. It's my like go-to one-stop shop for everything. And today, here, we're talking Point Zion and Zion Williamson. I expect he'll probably play tonight. He's listed as questionable, but I think he wants to get out there. I think they want him out there. This is a big game that's winnable even without Brandon Ingram against the Phoenix Suns. Get him into a little bit of a groove before you play the Clippers and then the LOL Lakers. LO Lakers? However, you, I don't know. I botched that joke. That was pretty bad. I'm sorry. Um, but you want to see him out there. So without Brandon Ingram, who's one of your primary creators, one of your primary scorers, you know that Zion is going to be a focal point of the Phoenix Suns defense, of the Los Angeles Clippers defense as well. Is it time to come back to using him a little bit differently and a little bit more point Zion to make up for some of that lack of creation that you're going to be losing by not having Brandon Ingram out there? Does this maybe take some of the responsibility off CJ McCollum, who we talked about yesterday is playing awesome but can it free him up to focus on scoring a little bit more rather than assisting? And so I think you get an advantage by doing that. I think he'll shoot better and score better if he's focused on that versus trying to dish the ball out and facilitate the offense. So let Zion Williamson take up some of that burden. Right now, the way they're using Zion is primarily in post-up situations. 
They're getting him to get a uh, you know a seal down low on his defender, put his back into them, create some space, and then someone makes an entry pass to him. And then he does his spin move around them and tries to score at the rim or dribble, 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 go to his left side and try and score that way. And it's working. He's doing well. He's not the most ultra-efficient Zion we're seeing right now, but he's still working on getting his touch back. He's also not getting fouled. But this is an opportunity to do things differently because point Zion... It's not post-up Zion. And while post-up, I cannot speak today. I had the COVID, um, the second booster shot, the bivalence one. And oh, that knocked me down for a little bit. So I'm struggling a little bit through this show. But you saw post-up Zion is not the same as point Zion. Point Zion is you get him the ball out there on the perimeter, on the three-point line, and let his just natural court gravity go to work. When we talked about in yesterday's show about does he need a jumper, someone's like, well, if he has a jumper, it's going to open things up for his teammates more. That's not the case, right? Like, that's absolutely not the case. If you stand him on the three-point line and toss him the ball, they're going to dare him to shoot threes. What they're trying to do is take away a drive to the rim. They're going to be playing drop coverage on him, something we've talked about a lot on this show. They're going to be sagging off of him, giving him all the space in the world to shoot, and it's actually going to screw up the spacing. You don't need to defend him if he's on the three-point line. But if he's on the three-point line and going to drive, oh yeah, you need to be prepared for that. You need to have his defender sagging off, ready to intercept that drive. And you need one, two help defenders ready to move on over. And when that happens, well, you have cutters that can come in from the corners, the weak side, for him just to dump the ball off to or look for an open shooter to kick the ball out to. So I would not be shocked if they go back a little bit to point Zion. Give C.J. McCollum some easy catch-and-shoot three-point opportunities. Let a guy like Trey Murphy cut from the corner to try and get a bounce pass from Zion for an easy dunk, you know, coming off of the dunker spot off a baseline cut. Or Herb Jones trailing behind him where Zion can just turn around and kind of toss him the ball and let him go up with it. I think this could be an easy way to make up for what you're missing in Brandon Ingram. I do think it will have a benefit of getting CJ McCollum going. You you see this a lot. If a guy is like an ultra good defensive guy, Drew Holiday was in this in this boat here where he would focus so much on defense that at times his offense really would struggle because he was expending so much energy on the other side of the ball. Same thing sometimes for guys on offense. They're doing so much offensively, they try and conserve, conserve energy on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe that's Zion and why he's struggling there for a little bit with all of that. Well, let's make it easier on CJ McCollum and let Zion handle some of the rock and let his natural court gravity open things up. The Suns, though not you know, the best as they were last year, are still a very good basketball team and defensively are still sound being a Monty Williams type of team and coach team. They're three and one when I'm recording this. So and their defense, what is it ranked? Third. You need to make the offense easier, and I think point Zion is the way to go. So get him the ball at the three-point line, not to shoot, and have the defense know that he's going to be driving with a full head of steam coming downhill at them, sure. And then when they adjust for that, let him toss the ball to someone else, get the ball to someone else, and let's get some easy shots and some easy offense. See if you can get C.J. McCollum going for 20 points on 16 shots or something along those lines. And I think that's going to be a realistic possibility for this team. So I'd like to see points on over these next couple of games to just kind of make up for what Brandon Ingram is not going to provide given that he's out with injury. And if you can get Zion cooking a little bit, it just gives you another look to throw at defenses when all of these guys are back out there on the court. So I think it could be time to see point Zion a little bit and a little bit less of post-up Zion. So maybe scoring goes down a slight bit, 
but he's averaging 2.3 assists per game this year. Right now, I think you could see him over these next three, get that up to four, five, six assists per if they use him in that route. Because look, they're not going to have it. No team has an answer for that. So I really want to see them go back to using it. All right, coming up next, where do the Pelicans fall on the NBA's best managed teams per ESPN? Top 10, bottom 10, middle 10? I'll let you know where they fall in and why it's some of these are just confusing. And it tells you a lot about why you need to follow local media. I say that being local media, right? But you really, you got to see this list and see where the Pelicans rank and where some other teams rank to really kind of like raise your eyebrows at what's going on. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the Pelicans here. Now, for your next listen, check out Locked on Sports today, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. All sports, not just the NBA, all sports. It's the Locked on Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So ESPN did a survey on the vote there was like points and rankings and all of this on best managed teams in the nba this i don't get i'll be honest i truly truly do not get this list the number one team you want me to i'll run down the top 15 for you it's the heat raptors clippers warriors bucks grizzlies 76ers thunder nuggets suns timberwolves mavericks cavaliers jazz bulls and the Pelicans at 15, 16 tied for or 17 is the Boston Celtics because the Bulls and the Pelicans are tied for 15. This list is ridiculous. And this is why you need to get the local perspective on things. If you ever have a question about one of these teams, go check out the Locked On show about them. Because when you see this list, it, it, it surprises me. So one, the Chicago Bulls are very poorly run, have been very poorly run for a long time, even through a regime change. They're tied with New Orleans. The Orlando Magic are 30. They just had the number one overall pick and they didn't overthink it and they took the right guy. You look at some of these teams, the Phoenix Suns at 10th, despite the ownership turnover that they're going through in turmoil. And the fact is they handled everything with DeAndre Ayton really poorly. And now who knows what's going on with Jay Crowder who's requested a trade. You also have a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder at eight that are just doing things differently than anyone else. They have not really found that blue chip player to build around just yet. Why are they eight? They've been tanking for a number of years. The Memphis Grizzlies tied for five. Sure, I see that. Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, sure, I see it to a certain degree there as well. The Bucks, they've been consistently good. I don't mind them at tied for fifth. The Warriors tied for third. Sure, they've been excellent. The Clippers have a very deep team and an owner that's willing to spend all sorts of money. The Toronto Raptors at two. They should probably honestly be number one. Masai Ujiri is excellent at his job. And then number one is the Miami Heat. And I don't think they should be that high. They should probably be in the top 10, but this feels like they're trading off a reputation that's not quite there anymore. They gave a big contract to Duncan Robinson. Can't move him now. Don't want him there. Kyle Lowry has not looked good for them. We should all be very thankful that Kyle Lowry did not want to take the Pelicans' money because there's very many times when he looks completely washed. He was supposed to be the missing piece. They signed him to a big deal, and it's just clogging up their books. They don't really have a lot of flexibility about what they can do. So, yeah, you Pat Riley, who, who does his thing, is good as re- at recruiting, but... You know, they didn't get Anthony Davis. 
They have Jimmy Butler, who's been injured and in and out. And since that run to the finals in the bubble, they haven't really truly looked amazing. They have some guys that are good. Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year, starting for him now. But they gave him a big money deal that might not be the best thing. You have some young guys that are playing well, Max Struess being one of them. But does that counterbalance, say, the Duncan Robinson deal and those things? So you look at some of these and it's just... Very surprising for me to see. It feels like the Pelicans, given the past two off seasons they've had, are pretty low. Herb Jones' draft pick alone should get you up there. Signing the guys that you want to keep, Zion, CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., who's been excellent for New Orleans, feels like they should be elevated above that. They sh- certainly shouldn't be tied with the Chicago Bulls. The Utah Jazz, you know, at 4-1, and one, despite everyone thinking they're tanking and blowing up their team, don't you think it's a little bit too early to put them at 14th in the top half of the league? I, I think so. I look at some of these and it's just very surprising. Like, how are the Lakers tied for 20th and not closer to the bottom? The Sacramento Kings, at second to last, I feel are actually probably better and on the right track than a number of the teams ahead of them. But they're looking at the past and not where these teams are headed. And it just shows you that a lot of the national talking heads are that, you know, probably because they're good at their jobs, and I do think that, but they don't—they aren't as in touch or know all the minutiae that local media does. So shows like Lockdown Pelicans are really important if you want a truer perspective on this team because you don't get it. I often hear, you know, after that Dallas win when people were saying, like, why isn't the national media talking about Trey Murphy? They got, like, five minutes to talk about the Pels, so they're going to talk about CJ, and they're going to talk about, the, you know, the other kind of key players in that that are big names. If you want that minutiae, that kind of more insight on the, the nitty gritty of teams, you got to go to these local shows. And that's why a network like Locked On is pretty important, I think. And part of why what makes this show successful, too. So you see a list like that and just if you go to Locked On Bulls, if you go to Locked On Bulls, those dudes are awesome, by the way. Those dudes are awesome. And they're, they're certainly not saying this team is 15th, tied for 15th. They think the Bulls are down towards the bottom. That tells you a lot. If that's what the people that cover the team on a daily basis that know it better than anyone are saying that. Local media, kind of important when it comes to all of this stuff. Okay, that's my rant, which is also like self-centered on everything too, given that's what I am. Uh, all right, enjoy the game tonight. Pelicans taking on the Phoenix Suns. They got the Clippers after that. They're, keep an eye out for a bonus show. Keep an eye out for a bonus show. I might do a recap after this Suns game Friday night, so we might throw out a later pod or I'll just throw it out early Saturday morning. I'm feeling pretty good kind of want to get an extra show and so let's get a bonus show if we can after this game win or lose should be a fun one we'll break down what we saw from the guys that are out there playing so that's going to do it for this episode of locked on pelicans this week of locked on pelicans as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with y'all yeah tomorrow